0: reason a lukewarm christian is dangerous is because they make the rest of the world think that that's what christianity is really all about fake when you're in the mood when you feel like it when you agree with it and and i'm telling you that is not how the christian life is lived and if you're making everybody else think that that's what it's really about you are dangerous and jesus said i'd just rather you be called than fooling everybody and playing games. Now is not the time to play games. Now is the time to be ready, to be alert, to be ready to go at a moment's notice for Jesus. And so lukewarm Christians, they're dangerous. And so why is this lukewarm thing such a big deal? Because it's really, really easy to become lukewarm. It's the easiest thing in the world. You know, I think about it, we've used this example, but about a cup of coffee. If I put a steaming hot cup of coffee right here on the table and just leave it there, I don't have to do anything at all. Just leave it. Simply be lazy and leave it there and it will bring itself down to the temperature of the environment around it. And that's all I had to do. On the other hand, I could take an iced coffee that's cold and sit it right there also. And guess what? Just being lazy, just not doing anything at all, it will also just bring itself up to the environment of the room around it. A lukewarm Christian, all they're doing is they absorb and they become just like the environment around them. Someone that's on fire for Jesus, they get all, they see the news, they see the health reports, they see all this stuff, and they say, no, in the name of Jesus, according to Psalm 91, his angels surround and protect me everywhere I go. The angel of the Lord is a guard, he surrounds and defends all who fear him, Psalm 34. But a lukewarm Christian says, oh, it's bad, man. It's bad and it's getting worse, brother. It's gonna tell you what, man. It's, here comes the Delta wave, here comes Echo, and here comes Foxtrot right after Echo. It's bad. You think this is bad? It's just going to get worse. Man, I don't need to come to church and hear that junk. And I don't need to be around Christians to hear that junk. I can get that from the rest of the world. A Christian should not simply be a thermometer telling what the rest of the world is. They should be the thermostat changing the temperature of the environment around them. And so... You better guard your heart against becoming lukewarm and lazy and complacent because Jesus said, hey, I don't got time for that. I'll just spit that out of my mouth and move on from there. So we're going to talk about this this morning, and and I pray that we'll receive and we'll listen. People listening online will receive and listen, but God wants to speak to us today about this. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you that in the name of Jesus, you're going to speak to us today. And God, hey, if you got to tell us the truth and it roughs us up a little bit, hey, so be it rough us up. We want to change, God. We do not want to live out the rest of these end times days lazy, complacent, lukewarm, and in the danger zone, Lord. We want to be on fire. We want to be ready. We want to be sharp for you so you can use us in this day. We love you. We praise you. Speak to us today in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And so I've written down here some signs of being lukewarm, all right? Because, you know, if you go to the doctor and you're like, uh, hey, I think this is going on. He's like, well, here's the signs of that situation. Do you have these going on? And I'm telling you today, I've, I've kind of written down some signs of being lukewarm. And if it hits close to home, then praise God, you don't have to say anything. We, know, we, don't, we don't need to know it's you. Just receive the word, amen? All right, praise God. So number one, signs of being lukewarm, number one, You receive, but you don't give. You receive, but you don't give. Oh, here they go. Talking about giving again. Well, if you're feeling that way, you're probably lukewarm. But here, let's talk about this. So I was thinking... The Dead Sea in Israel is an interesting body of water uh, because it—it's actually the lowest—the uh, lowest body of water I believe in the world, and it has no fish in it. It has no plants. It has no life of any kind in it. It—that's called the Dead Sea. And, and, and the water itself is too toxic to drink. It's basically just a pointless, useless body of water. But the water that feeds into it is uh, the, the water from the very life-giving Jordan River. And the Jordan River also feeds another sea called the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Dead Sea... There's no life in it, it's dead. The Sea of Galilee has beautiful, clear water. It's got fish, it's got plants, it's got wildlife, and all of this. And they're both getting fed by the exact same water source. But here's the deal. The Dead Sea has no outsource. It just flows there and it stops. The Dead Sea doesn't give out at all. The Sea of Galilee, it receives from the Jordan River but then it gives out and outflows to several other bodies of water. And so it's full of life and 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 power and 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 beauty because it has an inflow it receives but it also gives out. The Dead Sea it receives but it never gives out. It's stagnant and stinky and gross and pretty much useless. And I think about how, you know, we're not you're not being mean, okay? I have to preface every sermon I say these days with listen. But think about how stinky and stagnant a Christian is if they only have the water coming in, but there's never any outflow. There's never any giving of it. They're stagnant, and they really just, they're lukewarm. The water's just lukewarm and nasty and pretty much useless for anything. And I'm thinking, I do not want to be the Dead Sea. I want to be the Sea of Galilee. Let me show you something here. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Who's with me still today? Acts chapter 20. And we're going to look here at verse 35. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Who wants to be a giver? I want to be a giver. Man, I don't want to... God's given me a lot. I'll just be flat out. God has done a lot for me. He's given me life. He's given me healing. He's given me a family. He's given me the finances I need. He's given me a church to go to and be a part of. God has given me a lot. And I would just feel downright selfish if I didn't give back, if I didn't give out and and, and have an outflow out of this thing. So Acts chapter 20, and we're going to look here at verse 35 it says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, somebody that's not a giver, a lukewarm Christian, that verse is nearly mind-boggling to them. I, I, I have no idea how. I, I don't get it. How could it possibly be better to give than to receive? Well, hey, if, if you're a giver, you totally get that because you realize how much blessing there is in giving. You realize how incredible it is to know that, God, you gave me some of this. I want to help somebody else out now. I want to support those missionaries. I want to support that church. I want to help these kids out. You totally get it. And you are simply just blessed to be in the position of being able to give. That verse isn't confusing at all. Somebody that's not really a giver of any kind, I don't, Hey, I don't get it. I, I mean, I like to receive and I don't see how anybody could possibly say that it's better to have to give out. You need to check your heart if you're in that spot and you're not a giver. And am I talking about, I'm not even talking about money right now. And so if I talk about giving and your first thought goes to money, something wrong with you, man, something's wrong there. Listen, is that part of it? Absolutely, that's part of it, man. Absolutely, that's part of it, because the Bible talks about that. But that is not the only area of giving that the Bible mentions, okay? How about uh, talking about uh, giving in a bigger aspect? How about giving some of your time? How about Jesus is on the clock 24-7 for you, and you give him 60 seconds a day if you have time? That's not a giver, friend. You like to receive, but you are not the giver right there. We need to give to Jesus. How about, hey, you help out at your church. I don't know this is our church, but how about you help out at your church and be a giver? Uh, you help out the kids ministry. You help out the janitorial. You help out the ushers. You help out some area, but to only sit there and receive and never give, makes somebody a stagnant and lukewarm Christian, that's not healthy. I'm looking, I'm talking about healthy Christians today. It reminds me of this story I heard way back in 1989. I don't know, I was a kid, so it must have been back then. But anyway, uh, there's a story of the little red hen. And so there's this chicken, she's like, hey! I like bread. I want to make some bread, and so she's like, "Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go get some flour." So she asks all the other animals, "Hey, is anybody willing to help me plant some wheat?" And everyone's like, "Uh, no, I got, I, I can't help with that." And then, okay, well, she plants the wheat and harvests the wheat, and then she's like, "Hey, I need to mill this into some flour and make some flour out of it for the bread. Who can help me make some flour?" And everyone's like, "Ah." I'm, I'm sorry, I can't today, I got this, or I don't feel like it, that's not my thing, and then it comes down to the point of, well, we've got flour, now I'm going to bake the bread, who wants to help me bake the bread, and nobody wants to help, she just hears crickets, then finally the day comes, she pulls the bread out of the oven, hey, The bread's ready. Who wants to help me eat the bread? Everybody shows up, right? Everybody, every animal, because everybody wants to partake of eating the bread. And she says, no, you didn't help me plant the wheat. You didn't help me mill the flour. You didn't help me bake the bread. And you are not going to help me eat this. I'm going to be a fat, happy hen all by myself. And I think about how many people... Hey, everybody wants to receive. Everybody wants the blessings of God. But seriously, who wants to be a giver? Who wants to help out and have a part of that? So not only you can have bread, but everyone else around you can have some bread If you're a lukewarm Christian, you flat out don't care. But if you're somebody that's got a heart for God, you're like, yeah, I want to make some bread today. I want to dish out. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And we are in the business of dishing out bread around here, the bread of life. And if you're lukewarm, you probably don't want no part of that. But if you want to be on fire for Jesus, you're ready to bake some bread. Who's going to bake some bread with me? All right. Now figuratively, I can't even barely, you know, anyway, I can't even get it out of the package properly. Ask my wife, but that's okay. Praise God. All right. Number two. Okay. We're talking about signs that you're lukewarm. Number one, you receive, but you don't give. Number two, sin doesn't bother you anymore. Sin doesn't bother you anymore. Don't talk about sin, man. We ain't supposed to talk about that. If we had dealt with sin a lot earlier in this nation, okay, over the last 20 years, we'd be avoiding a lot of the messes that we've got on our hands right now. But, a lukewarm Christian, sin just flat out doesn't bother them anymore because they've adjusted to the environment around them. And that's a dangerous spot to be in. Look at Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Amen. Is the Lord speaking to you today a little bit? That's what we're here for, man. We we aren't here to, uh you know, give... <laughs> I heard Pastor Hagen said this. A lot of places, a lot of the problem with a lot of, I guess, churches is the pastors are feeding cotton candy to an already diabetic congregation. Right? They're just fish, dishing out sugar, just dishing out the sweets. And hey, I, I like to dish out the sweets, but come on, we need the real stuff sometimes too. We need to we need to get real. And if there's anything that I do not want to see in 2021 and 2022, we need to make sure that we are not lukewarm. We need to be on on point with Jesus. We need to be where we need to be with him. Proverbs 8, verse 13, reading this in the New King James, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Well, that's a lot of stuff in there and we're like man you shouldn't use the word hate and i think it should go without saying but you better know that there's not one person in this world that we hate i don't hate anybody i don't hate i don't hate the taliban i don't hate anybody where i would say hey i wish they would just die and go to hell and and that, i mean that's hate when you just really you don't flat out care and and i can't even imagine having hatred around me. There's people that I don't really like, okay? There's people that I don't really want to... Cletus, don't laugh. You're not one of them. Cletus is laughing. I love Cletus, and I like him. But listen, there are people that I'm just saying, hey, I don't really... Uh, they're, they're, they're not my cup of tea. They're not my whatever. Maybe they've done me wrong, and that's fine. But I can say in all sincerity and with a clear conscience before God, there is not one person in this world that I hate, but there are some things that I do hate. I hate seeing families ripped apart and children wondering what's going on with mom and dad and, and what's going to happen next. I hate seeing Satan put sickness on God's children and God's people. I despise that stuff and I hate it. I hate seeing a lot of the things that I see today. And it says right here, "The fear of the Lord, what's the fear of the Lord?" That is the respect and the honor and the reverence for God. If you respect, honor, reverence, God, there are some things that flat out in this world you are going to hate. I hate to see the way that people treat God right now. I hate to see the way that people mock and slander and put down on and, 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 and absolutely will do anything to put down on Christians. And it's okay for everybody else to do everything, but it's just flat out, it's just a despicable spot. And as a Christian, if none of those things bother you, if none of those things bother you, I don't get it. If people doing drugs and selling drugs in our neighborhoods, you're okay with that? You're okay with some foul mouth coming in front of your children and cursing and swearing and and saying nasty things? I'm not okay with that. I don't like that stuff. You're not going to disrespect my God and my wife and my kids and be a nasty pervert in front of them, and me not be bothered by it. There's some things that should bother you, and if nothing, if, if you're just so neutral and lukewarm and, yeah, I don't, I, you know, whatever, man. Blah, blah blah blah. Listen, that's a dangerous spot to be in. You need to recognize that as a Christian who fears God, there are some things that absolutely we're not okay with. Now, I understand that I can't control everybody, and I don't try to control everybody, but I can't control who is around me and who I let have input into my life and my children's lives. Amen? And if you're nasty, you're not going to be around them. Amen? We're going to guard our kids, and we're going to guard our hearts. And so we love everybody, but we don't have to love everything that everybody does. And we don't have to surround ourselves with it. And so I just, you know, I'll just go a little bit deeper. In 2011 and 12, I had probably the most spiritual supernatural experience of my entire life and i really came into a place where i learned god really taught me the fear of the lord over a a six month to one year period where every day i couldn't get enough of it and so all throughout my bible i've got hundreds of verses that i put f o t l beside in red fear of the lord and i've tried to gather as many fear of the lord verses as i could get because as a christian i want to fear God. I want, And that doesn't mean being afraid. That means respecting and reverencing and honoring him and putting him on such a level that you don't want to do anything that's displeasing to him. And so it changed my life when I got a hold of the fear of the Lord. But I noticed that I, even unintentionally, the more I started studying this out, most of the TV shows I used to watch, I just simply Wasn't okay with anymore. And not that I, you know, watch super bad things, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not okay with them making these innuendos anymore. I'm not okay with them throwing these curse words in here. They could have totally made this whole thing without any of that junk. And it just started really rubbing me the wrong way. The music that I listened to, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I just... It just it just it rubs me the wrong way, and 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 people just saying things around me and doing things. And I understand we're in this world, we're not of this world. We're gonna always have things around us. But when I really began to fear God, it changed the way that I live my life. And I've got people that tease me and make fun of me and oh goody two shoes and holy roller and blah 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 blah. And that's fine. I'd rather be called that than be puked out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. I'd rather you call me something right now than, than Jesus have to say, oh, he makes me sick to my stomach. I don't want to be like that. I remember one time we were at a family event years and years ago and and, uh, and 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 some the family they they put on uh this this movie. I won't say the name of it, but uh, you know everybody probably knows what the movie is and the actors in it. And Katie and I we I was just in the room and they've the, the little kids are in the room and they're watching this and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And they're laughing. Kids are laughing. People are joking. And in one of the scenes, the the one guy goes to the kitchen and is messing around with his brother's wife and everyone's just so funny. And I was stinking sick to my stomach. Everybody thought it was so funny. And I'm like, how, and, and so Katie and I get up and left. And, you know, we love, we're we not, didn't even try to make i I'm not trying to make a scene. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But there's not a chance in the world that I'm going to sit here and let that filth come into my heart and into my mind. No way. And then wonder later on while I'm having nasty thoughts. While I'm having stupid thoughts. People, man, the devil's just throwing all these lustful thoughts at me lately, brother. The devil's just throwing all these thoughts at me. And really... He's not even having to try that hard because of the things we watch on TV, the things we let scroll on our phone, the things that we let people say around us. The devil doesn't have to really work overtime when we're giving him a great big assist and polluting our mind and our heart with these things. Guard your heart against these things because it'll affect everything you do. Next thing you know, you're having nasty thoughts. Next thing you know, you're looking at nasty things. Next thing you know, you're going and doing things you shouldn't be doing, and you blame God, you blame your wife, you blame somebody else, and you didn't guard your heart against these things. I think that we should say Amen right about now. Somebody, Amen. All right. And so, anyway, I just I'm not gonna. I refuse to let those things uh, come in and and uh, and and have a part uh, around me or my family. Look at Psalm 97 and verse 10. Man, you're old school. I love old school. I I, I, I love old school. Come on. (laughs) I think they did it a lot better back then. Psalm 97, and we're going to look at verse 10. Psalm 97 and verse 10. Praise God. So what is it we're talking about? We're talking about guarding your heart against being lukewarm. Guarding your heart against being lukewarm. Because nobody wants to get spit out by Jesus. So Psalm 97, and we're going to look at verse 10, Psalm 97, verse 10. It says, you who love the Lord. Is there anybody here that you love the Lord? You're not just saying that because you're sitting in church, right? Okay, you really do. I'm just, all right, just checking. It says, you who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and...